0: Hello, I'm Hilary Walker. Um, I'm the assistant pastor in Oxford Bible Church. The last time we were together, I shared with you about the importance of praying in tongues, of speaking in tongues. Now, the gift of tongues, um, it's a gift of God to us, a personal gift to us. It's the supernatural ability to pray to God in a language that we've never learned, that we don't understand what we're saying when we're praying in it. It totally bypasses the mind. And we saw in Acts chapter two verse four that it's available to all. It says that all were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke in tongues. Let's consider who was there. We know that the disciples were there. When you think Peter and John and James and Andrew and that also Mary the mother of, of Jesus was there. So they all spoke in tongues and they considered as totally normal and right. And so I wanted to share with you some of the reasons why the gift of tongues is so important. Because during the times past, the gift of tongues has been disregarded, despised, and relegated to the least of the gifts. And so I wanted to share some of the reasons why God has given us this wonderful, supernatural gift of tongues. For instance, if you paid a lot of money for something very beautiful, and you gave it to your loved one, and they just cast it on one side, and so I don't see the point of, of using that, how would you feel? God has given you, he has given me, and any who will receive Jesus and receive the Holy Spirit, a wonderful, precious, unique gift of tongues. And so, He gave it to us for very specific reasons. It was in order to build us up on our most holy faith, if we will pray in tongues. If we will pray in tongues, God has ordained that it blesses us, it edifies us, it builds us up, it strengthens us in our physical body as well as our spirit. And also as we pray in tongues as a regular habit, you will find that you will get breakthrough in your life that when you share the gospel, more and more people will, their eyes will be opened, and and doors that have been closed for ages will begin to open. But so many times, the Apostle Paul has been misrepresented concerning his writings on the gift of tongues. You may ask the question, what value did the Apostle Paul put on praying in tongues? Well, first of all, I want us to examine Apostle Paul's credentials what kind of man was he in other words why should we listen to Apostle Paul well first of all he wrote one-third of the New Testament and secondly Paul himself when he was writing to the church at Corinth uh, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 24 through through 27 he tells us what he's been through Uh, The Jews beat him five times with 39 lashes he was beaten three times with rods that can break bones Um, I understand that they used to aim at the feet And I cannot imagine the agony that that man must have been in and three times they did it to him He was stoned once I believe he was stoned to death, but we'll return to that later He was shipwrecked three times. He spent a night and a day in the sea he tells us that he was in perils from waters from robbers from his own countrymen from the pagans the Gentiles he was at danger in the city he was in danger in the country he was in danger in the wilderness he was in danger at sea he was in danger from brothers who pretended to be brothers but were false then verse 27 he tells us he was in weariness and painfulness he was hungry and thirsty, he was cold and he was naked. Plus, on top of all that, he tells us that which came comes upon me daily, the care of all the churches. If you talk to a pastor, you will find out that the care of the church is a very real spiritual thing. Um, and it's not to be taken lightly. And I think that covers just about everything. This man suffered a lot for love of the Lord and the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Nevertheless, I want to return to Paul's stoning. We see the account of this in Acts chapter 14, verses 19 and 20. First of all, just to give a little background, um, he had been with Barnabas in Antioch and there were signs and wonders and salvation. And they got, the, the Jews got, some of the Jews got so mad with him that they threw him out of Antioch. So he travels on to Iconium. And there again with Paul and Barnabas, they had signs and wonders and salvation. They were thrown out of Iconium. And they came to Lystra. And now Jews from Antioch and Iconium came to persuade to turn the people in Lystra who were receiving the gospel with joy against the very messengers who brought them this wonderful gospel. And it says, there came Jews from Antioch and Iconium who persuaded the people and having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city. The literal translation is having stoned Paul, dragged him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. They treated his body as though it were dead. Now let's see what Paul says and I believe that it's about this um, incident. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses two and four, Paul is actually speaking of himself, although he says, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. Whether in the body, I cannot tell, or whether out of the body, I cannot tell, God knows. Such an one was caught up into the third heaven. The third heaven is the place where God abides, God's home. Verse three, and I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knows. Verse four, how he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. This gives us the the spiritual, the unseen part of the story. Going back to Acts chapter 14, We pick up the story in verse 20. Do you remember they had dragged his body out? And it says, verse 20, Nevertheless, as the disciples stood round about him, he rose up and he came into the city. Isn't that amazing? He returned to the city where they had stoned him. That's courage. Where did he get his power and courage from? I'll I'll touch on that later on and the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. Verse 21, and when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra, Wade had all that trouble, um, and to Iconium and Antioch. He returned to these places where he had been rejected, thrown out, mistreated, and persecuted. That's courage. You see, twice Paul states, um, in the account in Corinthians, that um, he didn't know whether he was in the body or out of the body. In other words, he didn't know was he alive or was he dead. I'm giving you my opinion, this is my opinion. I believe they hated him so much, and I think they were pretty expert executioners, and they would have made very sure he was dead. They hated him, and in Acts 14, 20, It says, nevertheless, the disciples stood round about him. I'm convinced they were praying for him to be raised from the dead. I cannot imagine that they stood around him just staring at him. They were praying and interceding, and he got up. God raised him up, and he went back into the city where he'd had all the trouble. Also, the Bible tells us, well, Paul wrote this under the direction of the Holy Spirit, In 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, that means God breathed. If you take a balloon and you blow into it, that balloon now contains something that's come from the very depth of your being, your breath, into that balloon. So it's the same way with the scriptures, God has breathed into the scriptures so it's given by inspiration God breathed and it's profitable for doctrine reproof correction and instruction in righteousness I believe the words written by Paul carry a very great weight but let us look more closely at what he really says about speaking in tongues you know what value did Paul put on speaking in tongues well firstly I would imagine he valued it greatly because he wrote a lot about them. Secondly, um, he practiced what he preached because he declares to the church at Corinth um, in 1 Corinthians 14:18, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Now the Corinthian church spoke a lot in tongues so Paul must have spoken an extremely great amount of tongues I just wanted to give you an illustration a story from my past when I was a young Christian I was in a a home group and an older man there had received the baptism in the Holy Spirit he was just so thrilled he was praying in tongues and then he spoke to his older brother who went to a different church and his other brother told him no 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 it's wrong you must not speak in tongues he then quoted or I say misquoted Paul to back up his argument this is the scripture that he took which was 1 Corinthians 14 19 Paul said yet in the church I had rather speak five words with my understanding so that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue now this gentleman when he quoted it to his brother um, he said But Paul said, I had rather speak five words with my understanding than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Don't you see, it gives such a different meaning to it. And this dear man, instead of taking in the whole of that verse and the whole of scripture, he decided to believe his brother who he felt was older and wiser than him. And he got robbed of the blessings of speaking in tongues because he gave more weight to his brother than to the scriptures. As I said, what value did Paul put on tongues? Did he have a low opinion of tongues? Certainly not. As I said before, in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, Paul says, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. As I said before, wow, Paul must have prayed a lot. He must have prayed from dawn to dusk, through the night, I'm praying in tongues more than the whole Corinthian church put together. Because the Corinthian church had a little problem because they were so keen, they just loved to pray in tongues all together at the same time and in their church services, they wanted to pray in tongues all together most of the time. Having said that, you know, Paul must have prayed a lot in tongues, I think he had a very high opinion of praying in tongues. In 1 Corinthians 14 19 when Paul says he would rather speak five words in his own language than 10,000 in tongues which others would not understand. He was virtually saying you know you are speaking tongues in the wrong place in the services. There is a time and place for this but everything must be done decently and in order. You see in 1 Corinthians 14 23 Paul plainly said if therefore the whole church comes together in one place that's like your Sunday morning service Sunday evening service and all at the same time speak with tongues and there come in those who are unlearned or unbelievers will they not say you are mad I had been born again um, probably about two days and I was taken to a meeting and it was a prayer meeting, it was absolutely fine and right, but I was taken to this meeting and nothing, in my experience, had ever prepared me for this. The room was full, jam-crammed with people, and they were all praying in tongues at the same time, and I thought, oh! You know, I didn't think they'd gone mad, but I found it was really scary, and I was so grateful for the pastor, who for my sake would pray in English, so I wasn't quite so um, put about so you see in a public meeting where you're going to have people who don't understand and you're all talking in tongues now that is not the best time you see tongues is a personal prayer language for you and it it is good to have it in a service but it must be done decently and in order paul was saying that as i said in the church service that everything must be done to build up those who hear not to cause them um, to to stumble and to fall. He wasn't against praying in tongues because as we remember he previously said, I speak in tongues more than the whole Corinthian church. And yet in a public assembly, Paul said he would rather speak five words with his understanding. Why? So that other people would be taught that they would understand him. In other words, what Paul was saying is that um, Tongues is not for preaching or teaching. Let me give you an illustration. Suppose I stood here and I spoke in tongues. For 35, 25, 35 minutes. It wouldn't build you up. So it's not for preaching. But there again, um, when the preacher is preaching, it's not for uh, the congregation to, in the middle of his preaching, to start all Praying in tongues out loud. But Paul doesn't leave us hanging there. He gives us, um, he gives uh, in his letter to the church, and it's to us as well, um, instructions about speaking in tongues in a public assembly. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 27 and 28. He says it very specifically. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or at the most by three, and that by course, in other words, in turn, not all together, and let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church. Or you can pray to receive the interpretation, but in the church, when you pray out in tongues, you must interpret. If there is no interpreter, Paul says, let him speak to himself and to God. Praise God, isn't this marvelous? that a believer can sit in a church service, he can hear everything that is being said and still talk inside himself to God in that special personal prayer language, that supernatural language. Just a word of warning, please don't speak out loud because you're going to disturb everyone else around you. Um, Just a little story. Uh, I was first baptized in the Holy Spirit and I just wanted to pray. I prayed on the bus, I prayed everywhere. Well, my niece who was at that time was 13 years old. She was sitting next to me and I was going, she said, what is the matter with you, auntie? She said, are are you going a bit odd? She said, you keep going, and I realized what I was doing. And it is possible to pray in tongues inside yourself and no sound come out. So I highly recommend that if you're going to pray in tongues during the sermon and it is a good thing that you do it without making any noise you see when you do this you're built up in two different ways you're built up by hearing the word of God being preached and you are being built up by praying in tongues it says that you edify yourself now Paul tells us that tongues is primarily um, a special gift for believers own personal spiritual edification and it's a wonderful and special gift whereby a believer can communicate spirit to spirit bypassing your mind spirit to spirit with God Almighty you know Paul must have woken up in the morning praying in tongues he must have spoken in tongues between meals he must have gone to bed speaking in tongues in other words Paul highly valued speaking in tongues in the public assembly if believers are all praising god together in church it's perfectly acceptable and right for them to praise god together in tongues to sing in tongues together to sing in the spirit but as i said it would be very wrong to start doing this when someone's preaching now let's have a little recap on the value of tongues paul did not teach the church that believers should not pray in tongues at all his wish and his desire was every believer would speak in tongues he thanked God that he spoke in tongues more than anyone else why was this because he knew the true value of speaking in tongues Paul understood the full scope and the full value of this precious supernatural personalized gift from God himself Paul knew from his own personal experience that there is great blessing and a source of power for everyday life found only in speaking in tongues. I want us to explore the Bible further and find out more what Paul knew about speaking in other tongues. You see, the more we know why we should speak with tongues, the more our personal testimony will come into line with that as Paul's and you will be able to say, I thank my God that I speak much in other tongues. When we make it a practice of praying in tongues, I say make it a practice. You know, we brush our teeth in the morning. That is oral hygiene. And I believe that spiritual hygiene is praying in tongues, praying in the spirit. Um, It's the first, evidence that you've received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And the second scriptural purpose for this is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 2. For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men but to God, because no man understands him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. We're not talking to men, we are not talking to ourselves, we are not talking to the devil we are talking to God Almighty creator of the heavens and the earth in other words God has given us this wonderful supernatural personalized dynamic divine gift by which we can speak to him spirit to spirit you see Jesus Christ died on the cross that we might receive eternal life and that we might receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, if I do not go away, the Holy Spirit will not come. In other words, if I'm not crucified on the cross and I die and I descend into the grave and I'm raised on the third day and ascend into heaven, you will not receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus paid such a price. Should we not honor his sacrifice and pray in tongues without arguing with him? You know, I'm convinced the devil cannot understand when we pray in tongues, and this is why he's attacked it so much. You know, in the, in the old days, in sort of the, the early 1900s, certainly in America, they used to tar and feather and tie to lampposts people who prayed in tongues. And very recently, certainly um, in the late 90s, probably still goes on in the communist country, um, people who prayed in tongues were declared to be lunatics they were put into um, asylums where there were dangerous criminals and they were given horrific drugs. All because they prayed in tongues. And the other attack is in your own thinking. You think, oh, I'm just speaking gibberish. I can't understand what I'm saying. You may also think, well, if I can't understand with my mind, it's not worth it. And the reason that the Lord has ch- told me to share this with you is because many, many of his children are not receiving the advantage of this tremendous gift. You know, some people have even said to me, is it necessary? It's one of the lesser gifts. If and God has given it, then surely it must be necessary. And if God has provided it, surely it must be good. And if God has provided it, at so great an expense. uh, Surely he provided it for us to use. You know I had a dishwasher for 19 years and I said oh I don't need a dishwasher and I did them all by hand. You know I wasted 19 years, that dishwasher could have been a great blessing to me. Please don't do this with praying in tongues, I'm not likening tongues to a dishwasher but you can see what a waste I, I made of my dishwasher. If God provides something it must be necessary and he must intend for us to use it. I love this Moffat translation of 1 Corinthians 14 Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh divine secrets the reason that you can't understand and no man can understand and the devil cannot understand when you speak in tongues is because you are speaking divine secrets with your Heavenly Father you know you don't know what's ahead of you you don't know what God has planned that's a mystery It's a divine secret. As you pray in tongues, you will find closed doors opening to you. You will find that gifting in God in you coming to its fullness. And so I want us to fight those thoughts. When you come to pray in the spirit, those thoughts probably will come to you. And you can say, no, I am praying to God, this is my personal language. It doesn't matter if I don't understand it. Um, A friend of ours called Ricky made a very good um, recommendation that when you are praying in tongues, certainly when you start, play some scripture readings or play some Christian music. That will help to take your mind off of the words that you were saying. Because sometimes you can repeat one word, Oh, 20 or 30 times, and, and your mind clocks in and says, what's, what's the use of this? When Derek and I drive here, we pray in tongues nearly all the, all the journey, which is like one and a half hours. And I found on the way here, I hadn't realized how I would actually repeat one word a long time. It's la shuma, la shuma, la shuma la shuma, la shuma When my mind clocked in, I thought, wow, that sounds so strange. But it was glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. And let me share what happened to me. I was having a lot of pain quite suddenly um, for no apparent reason at all in my left leg. My, My leg had gone cold and I felt my foot going dead. And as I was praying in the spirit and giving glory to God, I felt the sensation come back and the pain left. You know, it is very worthwhile to pray in tongues. God has so many blessings for you.